moderator for this one is going to be big. Pivotal. Yeah, I huge. think it's always always thought it was huge. Yeah, yeah, that's a great critiques. point too. Yeah, you train everybody up, you get everybody uh, understanding and, and having the same dialogue, same language, same expectation. Right. And knowing what the guardrails are, what the goal is here. Which yeah. is a great uh, opening for you to yeah, tell us what the heck we're talking about. I'm glad you'll join me here today yeah. <laughs> for Bill to share what he's going to share. And well, we're, we're, we're not dead. We're still doing this. It's something that we've been working on uh, for a, a little bit now. Um, and there, it, this all starts with recognition. Uh, we, we mean you. No, I mean, I involved, I involved you guys at, at an early stage in this. Uh, but... In the 80s, there was a doctor who, uh, a research uh, researcher who started looking into how firefighters specifically make decisions. He was, he studied firefighters, and then he moved on to studying the military in wartime situations. Uh, he studied airline industry, nurses, I think, and um, he came up with what was called the recognition prime decision model, which is a description. It, it wasn't intended to teach firefighters how to make decisions. Instead, it was to describe how firefighters make decisions. And in traditional decision-making, um, most people will put all the options out. They list the pros and the cons, and then they start comparing them, and they choose the best option out of that. That's not what decision. Uh, it's not how firefighters make decisions. Uh, we end up using a, a, what the... Researcher identified as a, as a four-step process, and the two first steps are the most important. But what we end up doing is we're not looking for the best option. We're looking for a good enough option. It's the option that meets whatever it is that we're looking at, whether it's a burning building or a technical rescue or something like that. So the two first steps of that process are pattern recognition and mental simulation. And pattern recognition is... Based on your experiences, you recognize what you're looking at is similar to something that you saw before. And then mental simulation is the step where you are presented, your mind presents you with an option of action. Here's what we're going to do presented with this thing that I recognize. My, my, my pattern recognition kicks in and I recognize this thing and here's what we're going to do. You run a mental simulation. Will this work in this instance? And if you get a, it probably will then that's the option we typically go with. And what he found with firefighters was that 80% of the time, that first option that pops into a firefighter's head is the correct option. And that's totally based off of that pattern recognition. It's totally based off of experience. That's the key piece to this whole thing is that pattern recognition and mental simulation only work if you have experience. So the question became how how are we currently building experience in the fire service and how should we, are we missing some piece of it? Before you get into the experience piece, correct me if I'm, I may be blending something here, but the reason he started thinking about this and he originally thought that firefighters may, made decisions based on these little snapshots of memories, like these little slide deck type things where you say, oh, it was this and I remember this and this and this and this and you, and you just got your head full of all these little slide decks basically. Right. That's not what ended up being reality. What wasn't there some concept or something where it's like it's not focusing on what's the normal; it's the focusing on what's the anomaly of this situation. So that's where experience moves into expertise. Okay, experience is what we do with with newer firefighters. Let's just talk exclu exclusively about fire. 
experience is what those newer firefighters are going to have where they recognize the similarities with what they're looking at and what they've experienced in their past. And they say, yes, I've seen this before. It's an, it's a bedroom fire on the second floor on the AB corner. I've had one of these before. Expertise is where we move into recognizing the similarities, but also recognizing right. the anomalies, recognizing the things that are different. The little slight. That this yeah. is similar to what we did on that previous fire that we had. However, this thing is what makes it different, and we're going to have to change our tactic just a little bit to meet this different situation. So, yeah, how do we build the experience and then move that experience into expertise? Right. You know the the experience thing, and again, this gets thrown around quite often, and I don't I don't mean to go here completely, but you know, you got busy departments, and you could say, "Oh man, all that experience comes." You guys got a lot of experience, and blah 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 blah. And then you might have, even at those same departments, you may have slower stations where they might not get the same experience right. as the as the busier stations. This is a process, and this is a way to. Um, build those experiences because we know, and I don't know if this is really the right time to drop into it. We know that one way to build experiences by actually experiencing it. You, you were there, you, first you did it, you saw it, you fir- firsthand. Yep. Um, but the other piece of that is through storytelling, Yep. which firemen are so good at. I mean, we're awesome storytellers. Um, and I think that's why this, this, uh, I don't want to call it a program, this this no, thing that you've come up process. with, the system or whatever you want to call it, I think this cleans up um, the storytelling piece, ultimately. Right. That, and that's kind well, of the goal. And hopefully it, it it cleans up the firsthand experience as well because there's a couple of problems with firsthand experience that, number one, um, you, you can't be everywhere on a scene. Your experience from a fire is only right. what you did very and positional. what you experienced. Right. right, so... If you were on the roof venting, you don't have the experience that the hose team had, maybe. You don't have the experience the search team had. Uh, and then the other problem with firsthand experiences is, is that maybe we did it wrong. We didn't do it right, but it worked. And so we leave thinking, oh, well, this is what we should do next time. You know, and you the firsthand experience thing gets exploited, too, because we love our egos, right? So if you're the the, the plugman and you got your little butt sat on the plug or whatever, but you could sit there and say, oh, I was there. I had the first yeah. hand. I, yeah. I was, there. I was at that fire. I heard all the other stories that firefighters were talking about. So then I adopted as me being firsthand experience, yeah. which yeah, it's a uh, little, that's a little, that's little, a stretch, little stretch, but well, all stories. Like putting your helmet in the oven. Kind yeah. Of thing? <laughs> I was there. I was doing it. Oh, all stories have that questionable, my perception, yeah. my view, my lens, but, Shane, I think you hit a, a real good point there. Oh, I love it when you said that. Yeah, well, uh, that's it. I won't say it again. No, so I think it's a great point that what what you're going to present, uh, Bill, that you've come up with is a way for us to actually articulate our thoughts in a very uh, systematic way. And sometimes the storytelling, we get lost in that story and then yeah. people are checking out. So if you can say most of us have difficulty with that, how to get our, our thoughts out for, for people to understand, if we put those basically set up a systematic way, hey, here's what you're going to do. You're going to write this book this way. Right. It's really going to help out for us to be able to say what were my experiences. 
because what you're saying, Shane, is true. We're great storytellers, but we're horrible sometimes at reading the room. Half of the room could be checked out on your story and you just keep on going because, you know, you're reliving a moment. Um, when it comes to an after action or, or what happened post incident, the hot wash, that should be pretty strategic purpose of why we're sharing that information, especially when emotions are still high and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's what you're offering is just a very systematic way for me to be able to approach telling you what my story was for that incident. And that's, I agree. Because what will happen is, is in the storytelling, there will be gaps. And, and you know, we hear this yeah. all the time. If there's a gap in understanding or a gap in narrative, I, I'll fill it. Yeah, we'll fill it. We'll, we'll fill it for you. Yep. <laughs> and when you do that, you I fill it with my biases, my experiences, my notions, yep. what I think, all those things. Well, and how many times have we done story, that, Shane? Where yeah, we, we go, do it all the time. Man, you know that's hot. Uh, were you in there? Did you know? Were you involved? No, but from out here, from my experiences, that looks super hot or that I've been hotter. I think so. It is subjective and we will interject my experience. What the last one that I saw that looked like this to your point versus getting that person's actual story and account. Yeah. And a systematic way. This definitely cleans the, it, to me, it cleans the story up so that when we're utilizing the storytelling part so that we gain those experiences, right. we're, we're telling the right story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, at, at least we're trying to tell the right story. I know you leaned in and made me a little nervous there. Uh, He's talking we're to, trying Hatch, to not me. Uh, yeah, that's Hatch. <laughs> I'm not intimidating <laughs> we're, we're at all. to tell the story. <laughs> you know, you're trying to yes. build the experience. And, yes. and I think it's important that we relate this back to how more. And I know I'm going to jack it oh, up, but, it. you yep. know, how more... Uh, our experiences are are they're they're more than just our our experiences. You know, they're, they're our personalities. Uh, it's my well, education in, instinct. Yeah, he talks about instinct is built of your experiences, your education. Keep going. No, you keep going. Personality <laughs> and your reading, right? And those are that's we talk about instinct. But it's not really instinct. It's it's what we've built. Right. It, it's, it's where you say, hey, trust your gut piece, right? right? But we're kind of running it together with experience, and we want to make sure that we benefit the much as we can we, from we the same We end up labeling it instinct because we're horrible at describing how we got there. When when somebody shows up later and says, you got presented with this thing, and you, did, you just did the right thing. How'd you do it? I don't know. It was just instinct, I guess. No, it wasn't instinct. You're relying on your past experience yeah, and yeah. your learning and everything. Who you are. In, yeah. Instinct is a word, and it, it, I, I'm not, not going to deviate this conversation, but instinct is a word <laughs> that we often will interject when we can't really qualify or quantify what the hell is happening, exactly. right? So yeah. it, it, it's worth mentioning that, uh, especially in the day and age that we're at now, where we go, it is instinct, it is gut, it is this, it is the other, it's it, there's science out there that's showing why and how we come to these conclusions. And some people are still very uh, resistant to that, but you can be on social media and, and, and put a couple of things in and it pretty much reads who you are as a person and personality wise. Go ahead, Edge. 
Oh, I didn't want to interrupt you. But anyway, I'm just, I'll just finish this. <laughs> That's a first. <laughs> I just want to say I want to go next. Okay. But I just want to say that uh, it is interesting to me that I would have been a person probably about five years ago that said human behavior, it is so dynamic and so unpredictable that it is almost impossible to put into a box but science and some of the things that have happened within the last decade have really opened me up to the fact that, well, a lot of it is actually predictable. And there is a lot of right. things out there that can pretty much tell you why this is happening. But the instinct thing, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying we use that word sometimes when we just don't know right. how to qualify what happened. Right. You're not going to beat me up over this. No, 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 no. Okay. Actually, I'm going to kind of go off of what you were just saying. I think we like to say instinct because we like to say, feel like there's really no control. There's nothing you can, you, you're born oh, with it. Yeah, you're not yeah. born with it. Yeah. And this is the point that me and Shane have been talking about a lot lately is like the needle pushers, the guys that are always trying to improve and whatever. Not everybody can work for a big department or right. an urban department. So how do you improve? How do you become that and develop it? And we just said it. There is purposeful actions that can be placed in your reading and the classes you attend and the things that you do that to bring all that information in it's not just the number of calls that you went on or the number right. of at bats right it's right. all the other things that you did and those are the individuals that we had talked about you know it's that outside command presence what have you been doing to develop yourself versus just being in this st station or being right. in this department, there is a lot that's very purposeful. And I think that's plays into what uh, Pabell was just saying. And your statement that you were making earlier about uh, expertise, it makes me think I can become an expert yeah. if I define how expertise is achieved, which is not seeing what you have already seen every time in the box, but go and stop. Yep, seeing that. What can I see now that, Right. I have not seen before. Uh, honestly, it's kind of a game changer if you really give some yeah. thought into it and go, if you want to move into expertise, this is how you move into it. Get yep. outside your comfort Marty, zone. Get, Marty get outside your comfort zone and look for something that's not so obvious that yeah, you've exactly. already seen 50 million times yeah. before in yeah. the same incident. I've been to this, you know, single family wood frame kind of thing all the time, blah, blah, but I've never been to high rises or I've never been to row houses or, or whatever. Get outside that comfort zone. Learn about those individual things so that it develops your thinking and your instincts. Right. So Marty Green, one of our first uh, guests on this podcast, he used to always talk about uh, his first fire. All he saw was orange. And then the second fire, he saw orange and he saw that there was a car in the driveway. And the third fire, he saw there was orange and there was car in the driveway and that the uh, the power cables were coming in on the AB corner and stuff like that. And it was, yeah, it was this building of experience. It's such an, it is such a powerful statement because even if you were to sit there and reflect a little bit on some of the stuff that you've run, you almost, I'm not saying you ignore it, but you move past the obvious so quickly and start mm -hmm. going into the unknowns because you've seen it, right? So you start going... Yeah, I see the house. I know the year was built or the general uh, right. um, construction of And you start moving past all this stuff so quickly to get to, oh, this is different. It, it's burning a different color. It's moving in a different right. direction, the, the, whatever the case is. So to, to, to that point, yeah, that's, that establishes a very good guideline and perspective on how you gain expertise level in something. So this is, this is all about building experience and expertise. But I want to talk just for a second about the pattern uh, recognition piece. So 
what we get a lot in fire is the pattern recognition on single family dwellings, you know, and like you just said, Pabell, we know that this, this particular house was built in the sixties uh-huh. and it's a, you know, it's a ranch in the sixties, 2000 square foot. I know this house is what we, what we end up doing. Uh, and there's a lot that we can recognize, uh, with that, I, you know, it, when I'm teaching this, I put a slide up of a, of a house on fire and ask the class, you know, what do you know about this house in the first five seconds of looking at this picture? And there's like six or seven things that everybody's, oh, well, yeah, it's a split foyer in the, you know, that upper, uh, the upper bedroom on the AB corner. That's, that's a bedroom. That room is a bedroom and kids live at this house because there's something in the driveway that you don't even think about it. You just know it. And that's that pattern, pattern recognition. Hatch, you had the, the fire on 85 with all the, the crap where we, you know, the 80, 85, you, you vertically vented an interstate. I don't remember it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you, you went to the White House. Oh, so, that fire. Yeah, that fire. A little trip. But that's, that's a perfect example of where pattern recognition fails us. When you pull up and nothing that you've experienced before matches what you're seeing, what do we do then? Yeah, it's not in the Rolodex. That card it's doesn't not. exist. So you start flipping through the Rolodex. Instincts. You, Instincts is what I used to yeah. <laughs> Do you associate it with the closest thing in well, the Rolodex that you exactly. go, well, it's a little bit like this. A little, exactly. And now you're pulling five cards out to try to make one exactly. experience. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to, you're going to, you're going to choose an option. That first option that's going to hop, hop in your head of this is what we should do. And you've got to run your mental simulation, but you're running a mental simulation on something that has been cobbled together <laughs> and is not very reliable, you know? And, and it just, it, it messes with that decision-making pro- process. The further we get from experience, the more our decision-making process on scene, and it's not something we're consciously doing, it's just how we do it, the more unreliable it gets. So we've got to build the experience. And the, the, the pattern recognition um, fire service gets it uh, right every time just about is apartment fires. We go on apartment fires, you, you've got the same building built 12, 15 times in a complex and they burn more than once and you start to realize, oh, this is going to, this building burns this way. We've had this fire before. The layouts of the apartments are all the same. You're, you're going in them on med calls. So you know what the layout is. You know, when you get in there and zero visibility, you still know what the layout is. Is it almost like you're paying attention more to the human behavior and what we are doing than the building itself because you've run it so much pattern, that you're more yeah. focalized on the people Sure, because the apartment complex, to your point, you've already been there so many times yeah. that you start kind of focusing on, well, we've done this and seen this so many times, but you know, Billy's not doing this and Bobby's not doing that. Yeah. And we need to get, you know, no, you're right. The, the, the people become the anomaly. Mm-hmm. I don't have oh, people hanging yeah. off of, a, I don't have people hanging off of balconies today. That's a great Last way of putting it. The, I did. Yep. The people become the anomaly. Yeah. That's it. And that's where you're moving into that expertise, where you are recognizing those 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 anomalies. But um, you know, pattern simulation, excuse me, pattern recognition, and then mental simulation are those two key pieces to this decision making process. And like we said, what we were trying to do is figure out how do we, where are we missing the opportunity to build experience in our departments? And what we kind of came up with was this: the on scene critique is what and our department, we're not doing as well as, as we should. Uh, it typically is kind of unstructured. It's more just general questions. What did you do? Uh, anybody have a different experience with that on how the on-scene critiques go? Well, I you mean, know, all those things you said, plus they're driven by past 
cultural culture, the culture of the environment, the past uh, critiques, and the personalities leading them. And sometimes they're defensive, and sometimes they're yeah. it's a witch hunt clammed up. And sometimes <laughs> it's yeah. Sometimes it feels like it's a witch hunt. And even on the effective the ones, place. though, even on the effective ones, and what what I would define as effective is something that's actually working well, and it's not a witch hunt, and people are not getting as defensive. There's always that component there where somebody may get defensive. Um, so even the good ones, I don't know of any real structured way that right. it's been presented as much as uh, what you're saying, uh, Bill, which is we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to facilitate that conversation. I've seen structured after action reports, all kinds of stuff, but that on the scene usually is, the structure is I'm going to facilitate it. And uh, as the facilitator, I'm going to try to do everything to make sure the fences are down. And Shane, so you were the first arriving unit. Tell me about what you experienced. And now I'm opening up to Shane's right. story time. And right. Shane may. I was going to say before, yeah. long before we start down the process that uh, we're getting ready to tear, uh, tear into. Tear is apart. That, not tear apart. <laughs> we, no, it's too good. Bill wants that, actually. Yeah, he, he's looking for that. But we, we, as leadership in these departments, need to make sure that we're doing our part to create the right environment yes. in the after actions or the critiques whenever you want to do it. Because uh, if you don't, even Bill's best plan that he's got laid out here won't work if people won't feel like they can... Uh, express those, yeah, their thoughts without being attacked or made fun of or non-punitive. Pun- uh, right, it, it needs to be non-punitive because we've all been a part. Um, you know, we just heard a story not not too long ago where uh, someone uh, was trying to tell their part of what they were doing, and then a chief officer starts firing off. That's outside of policy. That's outside of policy. Well, what do you think is going to happen at that point? We're going to quit having good conversations. Yeah. Um, you, you just jack that whole thing up. Yeah. So, so you, so you could say you're right or you could, I mean, why Shane, there's a conversation for another day on that. Cause I agree with you a hundred percent. We have to find where in today's public safety, do we have a safe place to be able to discuss things? Because, you know, you can't not look at policies and procedures and all these things expectations and all that kind of stuff. But where do we have a safe place where we can say, okay, in this place, we're going to go ahead and air everything out and have a discussion. Um, That is something worth maybe a future discussion for us to have and, and discuss that. But I agree. You should have a very safe place. Safest place is training. And and should be, that's, that's the place. And that's where I was going to, I know you want to go here. So, that's the safe place is when you frame it as this is about getting better. This is about getting training and improving. It is not about your opportunity to figure out, well, I can hold this guy accountable for making a mistake there. He should have known better. He pissed me off three weeks ago. I'm burning his ass right. on this one. Yeah, We all know what the posted speed limit is. We all right. break it all the time. We know better. We get held accountable for it. But this is training. This is opportunity. So I know Bill uh, wants well, no, to go no, down I mean, No, you're absolutely. It, it, this so that's is, the safe space. What we're talking about and we're, we have not. We've just been hinting at it this whole time, but what we're talking about is a uh, it's a training process. Part it's, two, we'll go over. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's a training process. It's not an evaluation process. It's not to to ding anybody. It's it's to have honest, good conversation about what we how we can do better. 
after an incident. At, well, and after yeah. a decision. Could it be, hey, we're about to conduct post-incident training. Yeah. Well, I mean, wait, was that an acronym for something? I'm trying no. to figure out if you're spelling no. something. No, I'm saying this is. Are you going <laughs> to say something? Do you, do you, number one, we don't want to all break the speed limit because you know I drive super slow. Oh, that's, all right? so that's a fair point. I'm, I'm sorry. exclusion from that. It's a bug. No, though. absolutely. I mean, it doesn't go that podcast. fast, right? No, I, well, you got it, it souped up. Yeah, oh, he sold it. it. Okay. Um, no, I'm saying, and you know, I get literal sometimes with the with the words. But hey, this part is no longer part of the incident. This is now going into training. I agree with you, Hatch. This is a protected space, yeah. right? So this incident's under control. This is no longer that incident. This is training. Therefore, yeah, I, I like have that. to harness yeah. that in in. in uh, it's protected. You're no, right. You're right. Just so, think about it. When, when we have the recruits going through training and stuff like that, we're not holding them right. accountable. We when they make, We there. expect you to make a mistake. Right. Now, if it's yeah. gross negligence, I get it. Get that, it that's right. a whole other yeah. thing. But when it's just like you you yeah. just deviated here or there, no, no, no. That's that's a time to learn. So for me, because it's a gold nugget, I don't want to like walk past it. It's establishing that discussion is a post-incident training scenario. It yeah. is not part of the initiative because now it just defuses things. So just a nugget for me is going, yeah, it's a post-incident training yeah. that we're about to do. Those okay. training hours count too, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true chief. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep my ISO rating. <laughs> All right, so what we what we came up with was a, um, a structured critique or a hot wash or whatever uh, – it is an acronym, but it's supposed to be short enough that you can remember and, you know, that it doesn't take a lot to, to use this. And it uh, it's just five letters, DIFOS, D-I-F-O-S. The D is decision tactic. The I is intent. The F is failure points. The O is options. And the S is success. So there are five questions. And the first one is, and we'll just take them slow and go through them. Uh, what was the decision tactic? So the idea there is that uh, on, and it can be used on any decision-making process, but we're specifically talking about after a fire, um, what was, you know, a larger decision tactic on this fire? And so uh, an obvious one would probably be whether we were interior or exterior. You know, the decision was to be interior. So just defining this is what we are talking about at this moment. This is the piece that we're discussing. Because you may do DIFOS through several decision you, absolutely. points on the fire ground. Absolutely, because you're yeah. going to hit repeat at the end and right. just go back to the next all over. one. Right? Right. And this is, this is a process where we should have everybody, as many as we can, in this discussion. Because the whole point is to build experience. And typically, in, in our department, we end up bringing the seat riders over. That's, that's who's coming to the critique. But I think we really need to start looking at should we have the younger folks there because they're the ones that we've got to build this experience in, the seat riders, but we also need to build in the future seat riders. So just exposing people to what, what this process looks like. So the, what was the decision intent? So interior. The next question, uh, I'm sorry, what was the decision tactic? I just screwed it up. It's okay. uh, it's the, the, the second question is what was the intent? And uh, this is a piece that the less experienced people on scene might not understand. So if you say the intent, you know, on our interior attack 
was to hold the fire while we conducted vent inner search or, or hold it while we just did a search or something like that, the less experienced might think, oh, I thought we were going in to put the fire out. That might have not, not have been the intent at all. Right. You know, so. And this is the opportunity for everybody to get on the same exactly. page of what that decision was. Right. And then where they can have that discussion of like, why, why did I think that that? Why did I think right. that you were doing it for this reason when it was another? And then they can grow from that. Absolutely. Which and is it, the it, whole purpose. It right, might, right, right, right. It might not be something that there was time to, to, uh, to say. You know, the incident commander might have had to say, if you've got the time and you can say, hey, we're going to go interior. I just want to hold this fire while we blah, blah, blah. There might not have been time for that. It might not have been something that you could have communicated. So, yeah, now's the time to do that. The first two of these five questions, the D and the I, are really for the person that made that decision, whether it's the incident commander who made a call for interior attack or it's the leader of the hose crew who decided to go left when they got in the building as opposed to going right. Right, right. It's whoever made that. De- those t- first two, decision and intent, are for that person to answer. And really that person only, because nobody else can tell that person what their intent was. And I, I, I want to reiterate, I don't think anybody shows up to a fire scene or any scene with the intent to screw it up. You know, now we all make mistakes and sometimes we're not as good at our job as, as we need to be. Um, right. We, nobody's we, going there with nobody. Yeah. see how bad I jacked yeah. this up. Now, somebody might say, I'm going to, I'm going to beat so-and-so in the front door. Okay. Well, that's a whole different thing, but you didn't show up trying to screw the, the fire scene up. So I think if, if you approach this process from the fact that everybody on scene had the right intent, you know, what was your intent specific to this decision, but not to be ridded, not to be what, <laughs> not to be ridded, not be ridded. <laughs> you know, Bill, before that's we move be a lot of them to the other piece, the intent piece, in my opinion, is the first opportunity the sharer gets to be honest. Yes. It, it, it's, it's the groundwork of making this work, that, we're, that you are vulnerable, that you're expressing. Even if you think, golly, I'm fixing to say this, and people are going to think I was an idiot. Right, but that, that vulnerability is very it's, dangerous. It's, it is dangerous, but it is key to getting the story right. Yeah. Well, and getting everybody on the yeah. same page of the story. Right. It, um, it, it is, it's the, it's important. And I, I just think it's important to say that because yeah. that's, that honesty is this gotta be, it's gotta be built on this honesty piece. This, this, all five work. pieces of this have to be yeah, honest. It won't work. Yeah. It doesn't work if everybody's not being honest. And we're in training. Safe space. Yeah. Right. Safe, that's space. Right. safe space. That's right. <laughs> so the next three questions are open for the entire group. And so the F D I F is failure points. So, it starts with the with the person who made the decision. What were the failure points that you recognized when you made the decision? How how were you aware that this might not? And there go? might be some immediate. Like I knew yeah. I couldn't do that because if I turned right, I'd go in the hole in the yeah, floor. Exactly. So what were the failure points where this decision might not have worked out? Now we still did it, but we were aware this might not go the way that I want it to go. There are <clears throat> things that could happen that would make this a bad. You know. So, yeah, vent inner search is a perfect, you know, we're going to do it and under some specific conditions. But there's always, if, if you're in a vent inner search situation, you're already in a situation where you've got some pretty serious failure points, mm-hmm. you know. And the failure points you recognize, but whatever the situation was, was enough to warrant, right. I recognize these failure points, but we're still going forward with this decision because here was my intent. So there might be people in the group 
who recognize failure points that you didn't recognize. And that's where this turns into a more of a group discussion because there could have been things that people knew on scene that you as the incident or I shouldn't say incident commander as the decision maker weren't aware of. Yeah. And this is the first step of your expanding your understanding of the scene. So in your mind or in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, man, I knew I had three failure points. I was worried about, I knew this, I knew that I knew whatever. And then when you open it up to the group of 10 or 12, 15 people, all of a sudden you hear failure points that yeah, I didn't, I didn't even I think didn't about think that, that one. one. So I I went into the scenario with three failure points. I came out understanding ten failure points. Yeah. So now you have post incident situational awareness right. is raised. raised. Everybody, my experience knows what's just happening. went up. Yeah. So, so for the sake of clarity on that one, are you also including in there failure points that you experienced, or ones that you thought? Yeah, you, I mean, if it if oh, that's a good point. Actually. That, that's actually going to get to the S. In the, whether it was you know, successful, successful whether it was successful. Okay, gotcha. All right. So but, at this you point, know, you're, you're, just you're just saying when I made my decision, here's what I was considering as I made my Got decision. It. Okay. You know? Got it. And then the next one is O, options. So what other options existed at the time that you made this decision? And obviously with an interior attack, there was an option for staying outside, you know, being defensive on the outside, exterior. Uh, or... Uh, we could have gone interior and supported it more with, with, you know, instead of one hand line going through the front door, maybe two hand lines, a larger hand line, something. More people on the hand line. There are other options. What were our other options? Maybe you only had one engine on scene. There were no options for supporting it with more people. You didn't have a water maybe supply. Maybe going in you know. this side or maybe going in that exactly. side. Maybe going in the front, maybe going in the back. Those All those options. options. Just what were the options? And, again, my options are based on my limited amount of experience right hatch is going to have another set of options i didn't even freaking consider yep and hatch shares those options and and as the decision maker these were the options i had but i still chose this decision and here's why you know i still i thought this was the best option you know um so you're going to run through those and everybody gets to chime in on that and then you get to success was it successful and why and like we said, this process has to be honest. But if you're going to be honest on one of them, this is the one. Because it can be successful, and it wasn't anything that we did. We go back to, you know, listen to our earlier episode on luck. Yeah. If you got lucky, we need to give luck its due. Because if, you're, if what you are going to take away from this is the experience that we did this and it worked, but you're not looking at, it worked, but it worked even though we should. It shouldn't have worked, you know. So let me ask you a question: How are you going to define success in that? In that that's instance? a that's a perfect part of this discussion. Is what is success? What right. was success? Right. What that's tied Nobody into your hurt. That, well, let's well, say right. somebody did get hurt yeah. and it, the fire still went out. Is that success? But it's, well, and it's tied into How your intent. It's tied into <laughs> it's tied into your intent. You know. So what was the intent? My intent was that we needed to rescue the person on the second floor. Did somebody get hurt? Uh, I guess. Yes. Okay, okay, right. okay, okay. But so it was, was successful. Benefit. Now it, it's independent on each decision tactic yeah. that was made. So you okay, know, I guess. So because I'm thinking overall thing. No, no. It, it's it was this decision successful? Yeah, yeah, and if it wasn't, gotcha. it's an honest conversation about why it wasn't well, successful. Well, I think Hatch has brought up a great point because I think it's it expands the understanding of success. Which yes. again, your idea of success was your idea. Yes. 
Right. And now he now understands what your idea of success was going to look like. Because it's, it, again, it's tied to intent. Right. You didn't know, you might not have known my intent. Well, and now success is, is a, is a. And I think it's real specific. I think that's a key point too, because I've been to a bunch of actor actions where people were like, why are we even talking about the fire went out? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But we're doing this about decisions and tactics specifically. Was that decision successful? Yes. You know, right. Whatever. Not the whole overall incident. Was that decision Yes. successful? So I think it's great. Hatch, I think it's a great point. Hatch, your, your decision was is that you started the primary, but you didn't start near the fire. What was your intent? Right, 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 right. You know? And then was it successful? Yeah, it was successful because when I got in there, I knew these, you know, I mean, it's just, it's it's tied to that. And then when you're done with that, you repeat the process and you go right back to the beginning and you move to the next decision tactic that there was. And it's it's the important stuff. If water supply wasn't an issue on the fire, you don't need to talk about whether or not right. you got a water supply as a decision. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't want to get into overall mission success or failure because that in itself, it's a whole separate topic right now. I would say you could utilize this as a great way to find out and, and not in a, in a bad way. As you go through this, sometimes you, you're trying to figure out, well, I'm not sure where it went sideways on us. Right. You might this may expose out. a couple of right. pieces that right. all these pieces together now we cause see. that outcome over there. You're so, identifying the gaps. Yeah. And yeah. that, that could be that what you did was successful. What you did was successful. What you did was successful individually, but as a group, it ended up with an unsuccessful outcome on this end. Man, so it breaks it down to go. You are bringing up a good point because it's the decision points are almost like the dominoes we talk about, sure, right? right. Yeah. The Swiss cheese model, but we're going to talk about the dominoes, right? So, and all these things go in place, but if you can start to identify where the bad domino or yeah. one of them that we can pull out through someone else's uh, training experience. Thought, and analyze it, really look at it. Really in depth. look at it. Hopefully you stop um future occurrences going that route. So, yeah. no, I, I just, I, you know, this is new for us too. It is. It is. And Bill's, <laughs> you know, Bill was really looking for us to kind of shoot holes for, through it. And we've, we've been through it and we've listened to it and we've talked about it and hike Bill and I have hiked through this and uh, there's not a lot of pushback. I mean, there's not a lot of, it's, it's always going to come. In. Yeah. It's always, you it's know, more of an expansive, like we're learning more Are it's, it's more expanding really than anything you know yeah. what i mean yeah like it seemed like a simple diphos but now that when we start digging into it man i'm even starting to realize myself this is such a educational tool here yeah um well, you start finding how to apply it where to apply it how to expand on it instead of trying to find flaws and and beat it up to go yep, right well let's just beat this to death you know we were talking earlier what are you currently doing just asking everybody to tell you story times. Well, you're given a tool that allows people to articulate their story better and in a very systematic way. And as a listener, somebody that's listening to everyone put this story together, I'm putting a book together of this incident in my mind by hearing everybody's individual account of what took place and not getting lost in this long drawn out story where I have to wait to grab certain nuggets out of it. Everything that's being said in here, the way it's set up, is things that I need to hear to put that one crew tactic into perspective. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, this, 
I've completely lost my train of thought. I you know, it made me think of like there. Mad Libs, you know, where they said like, you know, put an adjective yeah. here and whatever. And then at the end, it has like a whole funny story. Yeah, kind of, and yeah. this is kind of what this is, is like, you're going to fill in the blakes with these, yeah. your intent, your your decision, your tactic, blah, blah, blah. And it, it really, like he says, it gives you the overall, everybody's understanding of what the picture was and what the situation was and, and the decisions made. So I think it's pretty, pretty inspiring. Because with, without it, we leave the fire and Shane, you were on the vent team and Bell, you were on the search team, and Hatch, you were on the, the hose team, and you go back to the station, and you don't like Pabell. You know, you, you've never liked Pabell. So when you go back to, the, we don't talk about the fire he's on in scene, the room. huh? He's in the room. He is. <laughs> he's right next to you. You go back to the station. Awkward. You go back to the station, and the next person that asks you, uh, "Hey, what what went on on that fire?" You go. Fucking Pabell and his damn hose team. Bullshit hurt searching. They, yeah. They, or I'm sorry. Yeah, he was search. They, they, they fucked that search up again. You know, and you're telling your story. Right. And it's, and it's filled with all of that. His his going back to his his station and his, he's saying, I couldn't do the fucking search because the yeah. fucking hose team. Yeah, hose team was in the way. <laughs> and you know, we always saw in that. The way. We saw that. It's a great point. We saw that in classes that we taught where everybody had an individual thing that they oh, had to that's do. that's right. I remember. Yeah. And in, in, in that combat ready class yeah, combat where you you're extremely frustrated because you're waiting on somebody else to do something till it's your turn and everybody's waiting on you. Yeah. And you think your job is harder than the other person's yep. where in fact, we all got a very difficult job to do. We are all resting on somebody else doing something yep. for the overall success, but you kind of don't talk about it. It's just what you're saying. Right. You talk yeah. about it in close quarters at the end when you blame everybody else. We can't get through this door to put out the fire because you can't force it quick enough. Yeah. And we are up here burning up in our search because you can't get the hose line through the door. And you just go blame, 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 blame instead of how can we get that door open quicker? How can we coordinate right. that line going in quicker so, so the search can take all of those things? What was the intent of the people that were trying to force the door? They were trying to force the door. They right. were trying to get the door open. They weren't. Their intent was not to delay the hose. Yeah, team. we're trying to get quick you know? access so you can get in there. Exactly. So this is that's all. This is is this process that, so, that hopefully <clears throat> builds the experience and the expertise and works us through this as a training process. Let me ask you this, Bill. So you would go through this, and I, and there's so many times you could do it on the, on the fire ground. So that that and I like that. Um, I think you'd have to be a little bit careful because there might be some things you don't necessarily need to do diphos yeah, on, do and not, you just need to move past not because you don't second, want to turn it into yeah, this it's like not a second arduous, by second like, breakdown uh, of of the fire. But it's where not else could for that. what else could you use it with? I mean, could you I think technical like rescue any, all day? Oh, I was thinking that, or maybe like some of your um, any decision making process. Yeah, I'm going to get slaughtered for this. I'm going to get slaughtered. I was going to say it for you. I think. Go ahead, please. I was going to say like those very critical EMS calls. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> you want to own that? Go ahead with it. I will. I'll own it. I don't no, care. it really. It but is. my point is, there is a lot of decision making that happens so in those any in those decision moments. Jenny, so you're absolutely right, and honestly, that is where my head. I know you going. were shaking your head. Yes. <laughs> Whether it's technical I rescue or <laughs> when you go through one of those critical EMS calls or a technical rescue calls, where you want to go back and go, what was this is decision tactic? What was your intent on that? It applies. It works. So let, let's talk about you've got somebody that uh, has been involved in an accident. It's a backing accident. They backed into a column at the emergency room with the ambulance and all that, right? Well, this so would be good. What was the decision? Well, the decision was to back up yeah, without, without a spotter. A right. What was the intent? 
well, we had a really bad patient in the back and I was hurrying and, you know, whatever. What were the failure points? Well, obviously you can't see, every, you know, I mean, you can work your way through this whole sure. thing. And it's, it's truly about next time we do this better, it should be different. And, and we've what, never what had we this learn? discussion before. Cause I have total deja vu right now. For well, see, that's reason. why Shane said when we started talking about this and we have, we have hiked hours and hours talking about this. It's not metaphorical. Been, they literally mean they've walked. Yeah. <laughs> that part is we, true. We talk, we, but we have discussed this for hours. And one of the things that he said very early on was, this seems very obvious, like we're making something out of something that's obvious. Yeah, I feel like this I, This whole conversation right now, it just hit me like, have we talked about this before? This seems like... We might have. I might have read this somewhere and completely forgotten it. Okay? I don't know. That's all right. You just took full credit for it. We're going to get behind <laughs> you on that. <laughs> But, you know, I've... Holy shit, did we read this? (laughs) I actually showed it to our medical director for our department. He was like, this works, you know? I said, you don't see any problems with it? There's nothing. He's like, no, this is good. This works. So I don't... I'm not trying to say, yes, this is original. It's definitely built on everything that I have experienced. It's an original process. No, 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 but it's built on... And this is... Let's let's go ahead and say it's built on my experience and my reading and my education and my personality. This is all this, less personality, this is all, but well, yeah, probably anyway. not. So, this Bill, is, this is well, the D in Diphos is for Dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe there's some personality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, this is probably one of the first solutions that we've offered up since these oh, started. Well, right. We don't answer yeah, questions. We don't answer questions. We don't do that. We don't I forgot do that. about that. Uh, so because we've done that. So there was, was a fever dream that you had. That's why this seems like that, because <laughs> we've <laughs> never had a solution. Yeah, that's what that's like Bro, did, we just, did we just give some type did we of solution? Just here? Something? Uh I think it would only be, I think it would be appropriate to try to put some type of video or something together for the listeners to see visually what it is that, okay. that you're doing. Well, I mean, we've got a presentation. I yeah, just need I'll to say re- you already said to, you had a movie. I need to refine it. Um, we need to think about the presentation piece because yeah. I think it, it does warrant a good conversation and a presentation, mm-hmm. whether we put that out or if we go talk to someone or whatever it ends yeah. up being. But uh, I, I think it's a good conversation. Uh, I think it's a good. But. I think we also need to have a discussion right now about what we were talking about. Oh, wow. about this, this, right meow? Right now. <laughs> meow. 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 Right meow. <laughs> where this doesn't, uh, where this can be twisted and turned. And, and well, you okay, mean this like is, what Hatch was talking about? A, well, yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, and, and it's the... <laughs> Wait, with great well, power we talking great about responsibility. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you probably hate that line, don't you? <laughs> You know, you in the movies. I, and I may go in a different direction with this, but we talked about this being such a good tool and a process. But the reality of it is, is that human nature starts to come into this, yep. you know, right? Because the dynamics of people and Hatch, egos and insecurities. Yeah. Uh, I think you ought to keep talking about it because I think it's, um, I think it's got to, it needs to be talked about. Well, it's just, just like you said, it's the dynamics of human, human nature or whatever, you know, people are going to take these opportunities like, well, I didn't know this and I'm going to, I'm going to persecute or I want to lord my knowledge over somebody else or whatever. And as long as we can keep it back to Pabell's point of a safe space, if you want this to work, that has to be paramount that people cannot feel like that they're going to be punitive in any way that it's there for them to learn. There is not an opportunity in this anywhere to hold somebody accountable unless 
it's about something that's just gross negligence. They just right. did something so beyond. You get into gross negligence, you're talking about they had a, a messed up intent probably. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And it's not part of this process. It's a, it's a separate process that exists somewhere else. Yeah. You know, it's not part of DIFOS. Mm-hmm. But just the human nature part of it, you know, we've all met these individuals, you know, who, you know, they're in leadership positions, but, you know, they really don't understand leadership and they, they, they have these warped ver- visions of how, like, how they're going to do things. And they think, you know, that, you know, filing paperwork against people, that's paper, that that's leadership. No, right. no, no, that's, that's holding them accountable. And there's certain instances where that's very applicable. but this is an opportunity for everybody to learn, get experience, yeah. expand their knowledge of what's going on to, to train, to grow. You can't let that ego get in the way of that part because then that those egos gets in there that's leadership's going to fall apart so one of the other uh things to mention and this was actually something that was pointed out to me uh as i was explaining it to somebody you know all of these questions are all what question this person asked where are the whys and when i i was like well none of the questions start with why and she said yeah well that's that's a good thing um you know it's what was the decision tactic? What was the intent? What were the failure points? What were the other options? Was it successful? And, and, why? and why was why? But the why, if you if if we changed this list of questions and we said, why did you do right. this decision? You're immediately going to be defensive. It, the why puts everybody on you know the back foot and they're just trying to defend themselves and not get hit again whereas the what is more searching what for information is, yes we we are we're open to hearing what it is tell I us i think uh bill and this is me talking to myself right now i would frame it like this what is me asking me wanting information mm-hmm. me providing you information to why because we often say you should always know, you should always present the why but it's for me to give you the why. It's for you to ask the what. And it does, uh, you're, by you framing it that way, to me, the way I make sense of it is, hey, what is the decision tactic? Right. I'm providing a why I did what I did without you even throwing Having that ask in that there. question. Yeah. Yeah. Words matter. <laughs> so. Did you do your quotes? Did we do that? Do the quotes? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I mean, yeah. There's, well, so, you know, one, uh, um. We go back to the Colin Powell well, um, and we've used this one before, but, you know, Colin Powell says that um, good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. And that's, that's all about the only, you know, we have to make mistakes and then we have to learn from them. And that's what this is about. This is about saying, Hey, this wasn't the best way to do this. We recognize that. And we know that the next time we need to do it differently. And then uh, he had a longer quote, that I, I really like about kind of this process. He says, always try to get over failure quickly, learn from it, study how you contributed to it. If you are responsible for it, own up to it. Though others may have a greater responsibility for it than you do. Don't look for that as an escape hatch. Once you've analyzed what went wrong and what you did wrong, internalize the lessons and move on. As always drive through life, looking through the front windshield and not the rear view mirror. And this process is all about the front windshield. If you're dragging the crap that you see behind you about the people that are involved that you've always not liked this, you know, again, we get back into what are you pulling from the past into this discussion? 
because it really should be about what are we going to do in the future. It's all about that front windshield. And it's a training process. It's not an evaluation process. We are not evaluating anybody's performance on scene. You know, I think the goal is definitely to create a better forward vision <coughs> yes. through the through the front windshield, but semantics, whatever. We still got to look through the back to to, well, no, no, to go through the process. There, you're, so. you're absolutely right because what we've said this whole process of the the decision making process is based on what experience. So we are we are very much indebted to the past. Right. We just can't dredge up all of it and bring it with us every moment, mm-hmm. you know? And again, I get back to intent. I just don't, I don't believe anybody shows up on a fire scene with a bad intent. We might not perform as well as we, as we should, but nobody shows up hoping to get somebody hurt or somebody killed or right. burn a house down or something like that. It's just not, I don't believe that. I don't either. I don't know how you would survive in this job with bad yeah. intent. Yeah. I just don't, I don't even, it would so argue with your soul every day you went to work. You would think. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. So It would argue with your soul. And all the other souls that would put you in check yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I, th- I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think maybe people show it with bad intent, but it's not, not the level that you're talking about. Like, I don't want to get somebody hurt or blah, 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 but their intent may be, I don't. I don't really want to put myself in harm's way. There's only so far I want to go, that's, and that's fair. We would judge that as bad, but they don't judge it as bad. So everything that's has a, a lot of things have a perspective. But again, those first two questions, decision and intent, those are for the individual. It's not for the group. I yeah, we can go through that. I don't. We, yeah, I don't, I don't get to label your intent. Right. And, oh, and, I know, but I mean, there's not many people going to go in. It's like, hey, yeah, my intent was like uh, sure, not to get dirty not today. To go in. Sure, exactly. They're, they're not going to share that. I, again, not, I again, lost my glove. I couldn't find. It. I wouldn't go again. In. The process <laughs> only works if we're honest. Well, and, and I know. This I is know. the human this element. Humans, this is, you, right? you asked me what, what's it. the pitfall here. And it's the human element. Yeah, the human element. You're going to get somebody that you could have somebody that goes in, uh, and hey, my intent was to put that fire out, and. That was it. My intent was to go in there, put that fire out. Same fire, different personality, different human is my intent was to go put that fire out while not compromising or jeopardizing my crew. Yeah. Because you know, what's going to come down after that hatch to your point going, uh, who pushes further? Who doesn't? Well, that's where I was thinking. I was sitting here thinking, man, my, you know, you could have someone saying my intent was to see how far I could push the rookie. Like I wanted to see if, if he could take it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's a this, jacked up intent that may have had some. So then we need horrible, to talk about it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we need to talk about it. That. It'd probably be framed in a way. I where, was going to say, I don't know, say it like that. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be framed in a way of, hey, this was a great opportunity for a new firefighter that yeah, I have get to get some a little heat. bit of experience. So we went in there and uh, we were getting a little bit more aggressive than maybe normally I would allow. But it was, however, I articulate that you're giving me an avenue. You're giving me an avenue to hit a specific component right. and not get lost in the story of, yeah, we went in there and we turned right and it was hot and blown. No, you're giving me an avenue right. to present my, my story yeah. in a way that I think it's good. But I going back really to good. your your earlier point, that's also the opportunity for those leaders to be looking at the overall picture and what those gaps are. That oh, they're right. not looking, for, that they're not realizing that they need to provide the training for the the next, you know, the the five year plan. This is right. don't, I didn't don't, even think about it from that standpoint. Don't hold the guy accountable for what he did yesterday. 
by start building the future of how you want them to perform better. You yes. know, that's what the leadership needs to be coming to those things. We I know. didn't even consider that hatch, and that's such a good point, man. I'm retired, man. I'm awesome. Anybody? <laughs> from a leadership that's, a, that's a little plug right there. If anybody needs me to come and uh, teach this, drop some knowledge. Teach this, drop some knowledge. I'm available. I have lots of time on my hands. Um, it's a good point, though. It does give the leadership an opportunity if there's a, a gap in their own understanding of what's happening on yep. the fire ground, they can start paying attention and picking up on some things. Cause think about it in, in the ivory towers, if you want to call it whatever it is, of, of headquarters, you have this idealistic view. Like we put these policies out and this is how they understand right. it. Blah, blah, blah. It's kind of like what Bill was talking about earlier about how you write something and it doesn't have the intent. Does it have carry the weight? These are opportunities to see if they understand it the it same right. way you understand it. Yeah. If they don't build a way or rewrite the policy or build something that actually helps them get to where you want them to be. Don't yeah. punish them because they didn't understand it the same way you did. Start making that transition into a more positive way to get them to buy into what you want them right. to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Damn, well, I'm, I'm, done. I'm glad I showed up. That was it. Okay. All right. That was it for me right there. Big home run right there. <laughs> well, we yeah. hope that uh, that it's useful. successful. Yeah, useful. With hope you can build off of it. Yeah. If you have questions for us, please, please reach out to us. Yeah, and if it's working um, somewhere, I would love to hear about it because it's so new. We're not, we haven't been able to gauge whether or not it's going to be successful in our department. It's we'll, work. We'll come know. out and present it at your department. And honestly, <laughs> you know, Shane and I were talking about this. I think uh, for this, for me, this will be seven years before it would be part of the culture in our department if this was something that took root and was something that happened routinely on scene it's going to take maybe seven years is what my estimate was so it's a very long term my seven i just i felt seven's like where was, it's at yeah <laughs> well i mean it's a big no, i mean i i i do think it's yeah. it's just it's it's going to take that much time for so a really, smaller department could implement it faster i, I believe so yeah i mean that's, that's so it's the size really of the department possible. you're saying is what's causing yeah it yeah seven years. yeah because you know and i i think we've talked about this before there's always my belief is that there are you can get most people to change with whatever that cultural change is, but there are some that just have to die off. Right. They're never going to change and they have to leave the organization before you've got buy-in from everybody that, you know, and I mean, whether it's changing a hose, whether it's changing a nozzle type, whatever you can tell them all day long and prove to them, this is better, but the old head, whatever, you're still going to have somebody that's just like, Nope. You know how much we did with that old piece of equipment that you just can't rid of? You don't know, yeah. fix it. Um, and they just have to leave. And, I, I mean, that's part of the process of us leaving the departments and making room for the new people and, you know. Yeah, that goes back to your whole to grow. replacing boards on the ship. And when does it still be the same oh, ship? Outstanding. I wasn't even thinking that. Ship of Theseus. I'm, I'm just killing it today. I'm telling you, you are. are. <laughs> Batting a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when we don't take for like eight months or something like that. I, I, I just longer than I, that. I have this <laughs> built up inside <laughs> of me. Well. 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 <laughs> Combustible is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to Combustible to make sure you don't miss out on an episode. Follow us on Facebook so we know how many of you listeners there are out there. And you can check us out online at combustiblethepodcast.com. As always, we would like to thank the Golden Dogs and True North Records 
for letting us use their song Saints at the Gates for our theme music. You can find the Golden Dogs music on any streaming platform. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. Later.